0: Thank you for joining me again in this video blog. How do we know the Bible is God's infallible word and that we can trust it? Let's begin by having prayer. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will empower this time and that you will open the eyes of our understanding. Thank you, Father. Amen. We discovered in our last blog that Christianity, the very faith of Christianity, is at stake. And it's being challenged in movies. It's being challenged in media. It's being challenged in publications, in Gnosticism. And the sacred feminine is becoming the acceptable norm. And it's even creeping under the doors in through the windows into the church of Jesus Christ. Can we trust the Holy Scriptures? Is Jesus Christ the Son of God and the Savior of the Holy Scriptures? Is our faith and our salvation that of the Holy Scriptures, or is it of a different faith, recorded in a different set of Gospels? Is the Church of Jesus Christ the Church of the Holy Scriptures or is it the Church of the Sacred Feminine as Gnosticism and modern-day Christianity rewritten, wants us to believe? Well, in this, in this study, we're going to ask this question. Can we trust the Holy Scriptures? and how did we get our current Holy Bible and is it accurate in doing so we must answer four very significant questions were there really more than 80 Gospels written and considered for the Holy Canon what are the Gnostic Gospels and are the Gnostic Gospels really older than the Holy Scriptures and do they contain the true gospel of Jesus Christ how did we get our current Canon in other words the Holy Bible that we have today how did we get our current Canon and is it reliable was Emperor Constantine the power behind its selection now when we're talking about Canon The word's root meaning literally is ruler, the measuring. And so when we're saying that the Holy Scripture is the sacred canon, we're saying that it is the measuring stick, the rule by which all other writings, all other teaching and preaching is measured because it is the accurate, infallible word of Almighty God. And so when we're saying that, are, are we saying that uh, was it wasn't really King Constantine that forced the Roman Catholic Church to adopt our current books of the Bible and throw out the others, but the others that were thrown out were the true gospel? How do we know that and, and, and how do we measure that? Well... The first thing that we must establish is that God commanded men to write His words. Moses, yes, the Moses that led the children of Israel across the Red Sea, he wrote the first five books of the Bible. Let's go to the book of Exodus, chapter 24, and then we're going to go to the book of Deuteronomy. But let's go to Exodus, chapter 24, we're going to read verse 34. Exodus 24, verse 34. Excuse me, it's verses 3 and 4, not 34. I have a typo there in my notes. Exodus chapter 24. We'll begin reading at verse 1. We're going to read down through verse 4. Now, he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, And 70 of the elders of Israel and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord And he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31. We're going to read verses 9 10 and 11 deuteronomy 31 beginning at verse 9 so moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests and the sons of levi who bore the ark of the covenant of the lord and all the elders of israel and moses commanded them saying at the end of every seven years at the appointed time in the year of release at the Feast of Tabernacle, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God, in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear, that they may learn to fear the Lord your God, and carefully observe all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross when you which you cross the Jordan to possess now verses 24 to 26 so it was when Moses had completed writing the words of this law in a book when they were finished that Moses commanded the Levites who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take the book of the law and put it inside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. For I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. If today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, then how much more after my death? Almighty God commanded Moses, and Moses wrote the book, what we know as the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Joshua wrote a book. Go to the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Begin reading with me, if you would, please, at verse 26. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it up there under the yoke that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words which the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. Joshua wrote a book. Samuel wrote. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 10. Read verse 25. Then Samuel explained to the people, The behavior of royalty and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his own house. King David wrote. We know that he wrote the Psalms. Many of the Psalms are attributed to King David. But Listen to what it says in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12. going to read verse 36 beginning at verse 35 then jesus answered and said while he taught them in the temple how is it that the scribes say that the christ is the son of david for david himself said by the holy spirit the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand till i make your enemies your footstool Therefore David himself calls him Lord. How was he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. The Lord Jesus Christ himself quoted the writings of King David and attributed to David that that it was his writings when he quoted from the Psalms. The prophet Jeremiah wrote, go with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 36, verse 2. We'll begin reading at verse 1. Now it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, that this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take a scroll of a book and write on it all the words that I've spoken to you against Israel, against Judah, and against all the nations from the day I spoke to you from the days of Josiah even to this day. Jeremiah. Wrote the book, and of course, we know it as the book of Jeremiah. The Apostle Paul wrote, Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now, to the married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord, a wife. Is not to depart from her husband chapter 14 verse 37 if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual let him acknowledge the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord 2nd Peter chapter 3 beginning at verse 14 Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. The apostle Peter calls the writings of the apostle Paul Holy Scripture. Holy Scripture. The apostle John wrote. Go over to just a page or two to 1 John chapter 1 beginning at verse 1, that which is from the beginning, which we've heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life which was manifest, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us, that which we have seen, and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, jesus christ revelation chapter 1 verses 1 2 and 3 revelation chapter 1 verses 1 2 and 3 the revelation of jesus christ which god gave to him to show his servants the things which must shortly take place and he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant john who bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw? Blessed be he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it. For this, for the time, is near. And verses 17 and down to 20, and um, and then I saw him and I felt his feet as dead. But he laid his hands on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen, the things which are, the things which will take place, and the things which will take place after this. The apostle Peter was also a writer. Go with me back to 1 Peter, chapter 1. We're going to read 16, 17, and 18. 1 Peter, chapter one, sixteen, seventeen, 17, and 18. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father without partiality, judges according to each one's works, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from aimless um, but I'm sorry, I need to it needs to be Second Peter, not First Peter I apologize I knew that wasn't sounding correct when I first started here so let's begin at Second Peter chapter 1, we're going to read beginning at verse 16 For we did not follow cunning devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on a holy mountain, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Almighty God wants us to understand something. Men did not write from their own minds and their own thoughts, but they wrote the thoughts of God. They wrote the mind of God holy men when they were writing whether we're talking moses or we're talking the apostle paul or the apostle peter and all the men in between they were not writing their own thoughts they were not writing the thoughts of men they were not just writing historical events they were writing the thoughts in the mind of almighty god they were writing the words of god as the apostle peter said holy men of old wrote as the Holy Spirit carried them along as the Holy Spirit enabled them to write as Isaiah said that the the the, that the words of God the thoughts of God are not the thoughts of man but God's thoughts are as high above the thoughts of man as the heavens are above the earth and so men would not have had these thoughts. They would not have even thought to write these things if it had not been that the Holy Spirit was communicating to them the thoughts and the mind of Almighty God. And that was Isaiah 55, 8 and 10 that I was referring to. Second Timothy 316. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. They're God breathed, not the thoughts of men. They are God breathed. So when we're looking at the Holy Scripture and we're thinking about Holy Scripture, that which was being considered was, do these words carry that kind of inspiration, the inspiration of Almighty God? Well, How reliable are the Holy Scriptures that that we have going from Genesis to Revelation? How, How reliable are they? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ himself referred to the Old Testament as Holy Scripture. Go with me to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to look at two different passages in Luke, and then we're going to go to the Gospel of John. Go to Luke chapter 11. Verse 51 The Lord Jesus Christ speaking said, From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the temple, yes, I say to you, it shall be required of this generation. Now, what is he referring to when he's referring to the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah? Well, all of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, they would have completely understood Jesus was referring to the Holy Scriptures. The, the blood of Abel, that's Genesis, right? Chapter 4. But the blood of Zachariah who perished between the altar and the porch. In the ancient Hebrew Bible, it didn't go Genesis to Malachi like, like ours does. Same books of the Bible, but in a little different order. It went Genesis to Second Chronicles. And so and this is quoting from Second Chronicles. And so they would have known Jesus was referring to the Holy Scripture. He was acknowledging the Holy Scripture. Even though our, our Bible, the Christian Bible, has the books in a different order in the Old Testament, it is exactly the same books as the Hebrew Bible, just in a different order. Jesus was referring directly to the Holy Scriptures here. Now, go with me to chapter Luke chapter 24, Again, Jesus is talking. This time, uh, in in his conversation, he is talking with these men on the road to Emmaus, and in chapter 24, and um, <coughs> excuse me, and verse uh, 27, Jesus said these words. He said, "In beginning at Moses and all the prophets." He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I couldn't find Moses. All the prophets expel in your music. And so now if you would please go with me to the Gospel of John chapter 5 verse 39. Jesus said this, You search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. Jesus Christ, over and over again, multiple times, referred to the Scriptures as the Holy Word of God, infallible. Look with me at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. beginning at verse 17. Do not think that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever does and teaches them, he should be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What did Jesus just do? He just declared that the Old Testament is the infallible word of God that is eternal it would be easier for the solar system and the milky way and our universe to cease to exist than it would be for even the punctuation marks in the old testament to be done away with god's word is eternal and jesus christ is declaring the old testament genesis to malachi to be the infallible word of god and this is reiterated again in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20, uh, 24, verse 35, when Jesus Christ quotes the prophet Daniel. He quotes Daniel chapter 9, and in that quotation, he is affirming the Word of God and its inerrancy. Listen to how he says it. In Matthew 24, beginning at... Um, at verse uh, give me just a moment please <clears throat> Matthew 24 beginning at verse 15 therefore when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place let those who are in Jerusalem flee let whom was on the on the housetop, not go down or take anything, let him who is in the field not go back to, to get his clothes. But what are those who are pregnant and who are nursing babes in those days? And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then will come great tribulation, such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time. No, no, ever shall be. He is saying Daniel is the infallible prophetic word of Almighty God. Now, look what he says at verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Then he not only is saying that the Old Testament is the Holy Scripture, then he says my words, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which were not written yet, But he was knowing they were going to be written. He knew he was going to inspire those men to write those Gospels. And he's saying, my word. What is he doing? He is saying the Old Testament is his word. He is saying the New Testament is his word. Jesus is affirming it's the word of God, not the words of men, the word of God. And he's referring to the Old Testament. Jesus is declaring the Old Testament to be canon. Well, how many years is this before King Constantine? Only 300. 300 years before Constantine, the Lord Jesus Christ himself declares the Old Testament to be canon and then declares there's going to be a New Testament written which is going to be His words also. His words. My words. My words. Now, not only does Jesus Christ refer to the Holy Scripture, the Old Testament and New Testament as His word, but the Holy Spirit bears witness to the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Holy Spirit bears bears witness in John 14 26 Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have commanded you remember that in John chapter 14 verse 26 well don't take my word for it let's read it together John 14 verse 26 Jesus speaking to the disciples He said "But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Holy Spirit bears witness to the Old Testament and the New Testament. John chapter 15, verses 13 and 15. Greater love has, uh, I'm sorry, John chapter 16, verses 13 and 15. John 16, 13 to 15. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of what is Mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are Mine. Therefore, I said, He will take of Mine, and declare it to you Ephesians chapter 15 verse 23 the Apostle Paul talks about that the Holy Spirit is going to bear witness to the Holy Scripture listen to how he said it to the to the believers at Ephesus beginning at verse 15 Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 therefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He is talking about the Holy Spirit is going to give wisdom and revelation. He's going to open the eyes of our understanding. The Holy Spirit bears witness that the Holy Scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, are the Word of God, the infallible Word of God. The Holy Scriptures bear witness themselves that they are the holy word of god first timothy chapter 5 first timothy chapter 5 <clears throat> verse 18 i'm going to actually read 17 and 18. let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his hire. What, what is he doing? The, the apostle Paul is quoting two portions of scripture, and he's calling them scripture. For the scripture says, "Where is he quoting from? Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 4 and Luke chapter 10 verse 7. The Apostle Paul is quoting the Gospel of Luke and he's calling it Holy Scripture. Wow. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. When when he wrote to his spiritual son Timothy, he said, you've been taught the Scriptures from your youth. And they're able to make you wise unto salvation. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, being the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. God, who in times past, the, the scripture is bearing witness to itself that it is scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1, 16 to 21 and chapter 3 15 to 16 we already read those passages in 1 Peter or 1 John rather chapter 1 verse 3 all of these are the holy scripture bearing witness to itself that it is the word of God so God bears witness that his word when he commanded men to write it The Lord Jesus Christ Himself bears witness to the Holy Canon. The Apostles bear witness to the Holy Canon. Peter calls the writings of Paul Holy Scripture. The Apostle Paul calls the Gospel of Luke Holy Scripture. The Lord Jesus Christ calls the Old Testament Holy Scripture and then prophesies that his words are going to be written, and they're going to be Holy Scripture. The Holy Scriptures themselves quote themselves, both Old and New Testament. But history also bears witness to the Holy Scripture. What do I mean by that? Well, if if the Holy Scripture is going to be accurate and true, then it must be accurate in four ways. It must give an accurate revelation of the one true God. It must give an accurate revelation of what is known to be true. It must give an accurate revelation of what has not been known previously. And then it must give an accurate revelation of historical truth. Things that History has recorded to be true so we're going to look at um, uh, uh, in our next study we're going to look at how the Holy Scripture gives an accurate revelation of God that's going to be our next study but I want to look right now at 2, 3, and 4 accurate revelation of what is known to be true an accurate revelation of what had not been known previously, and an accurate revelation of historical truth. Let's let's look at that. Okay. Well, first, historical evidence lets us know that Columbus, Christopher Columbus, who was taking a really bad hit in historical rewrite. He is being written as being a scoundrel and being evil. And yet accurate history reveals to us that Christopher Columbus, number one, he was Jewish and he knew the Holy Scripture very well. And in his personal letters, he gave a secret indication that is now known to be A code that he was giving to the people he was writing to that he was indeed Jewish. And we also now know historically that he wasn't going on his voyages to find great wealth in the West Indies, he was indeed going west to search out to see if there was a land that Jewish people could go to safely because King Ferdinand and Queen Isabel was throwing all Jewish people out of Spain and he was looking for a place to where they could go we also know it was not King Ferdinand and Queen Isabel that financed his travels it was wealthy Jewish merchants that financed his travels but here's another thing that has been discovered Christopher Columbus based his voyage on Holy Scripture. It's found in Psalms chapter 8 and also in Psalms chapter 77. Psalms 8, beginning at verse 8, where it says, The birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea, paths of the sea. Hang on to that. 77, verse 19. Psalms 77, verse 19. Your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters, and your footsteps were not known. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Your way was in the sea, your path through the great waters. Columbus knew these passages of Scripture and as he was meditating on them, he realized that God had a path through the seas and that's why he believed that he could sail west And he would find another continent that the earth was not flat and he wasn't going to sail off the edge of the earth that God had these paths in the oceans and in the seas and he based his his journey upon the Holy Scripture and although experts and and mariners told him that he was a fool, that it could not be done, that it had never been done before, Columbus believed God's word and followed the word of God, and found it to be true. Found it to be accurate. What had not been known previously. Luke, uh, excuse me, Leviticus eleven verses 1 to 8 it talked about the rabbit chewing the cud it talked about the, the Hittites and scripture also talked about King David and people said see we know now the Bible is false because the rabbit doesn't chew the cud now we know indeed the rabbit does chew the cud and though there had been no historical evidence of the Hittites and of King David. Archaeological discoveries validated that indeed there was a Hittite Kingdom and in the last decade an archaeological dis- discovery at a tell that was being excavated in the uh, Negev. Uh, they found a library. And in that library was a tablet that for the first time they had archaeological evidence of the household of king david the bible over and over and over is being validated as being absolutely true the uh, in fact nelson gluck the jewish archaeologist has written quote it may be stated categorically that no archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference is that amazing here one of the great archaeologists of all time makes this statement that no archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference Isn't that amazing? The black obelisk of the Assyrians has documented again and again the historical accuracy of the Holy Scripture. Isaiah chapter 44 verse 28 through Isaiah chapter 45 verse 46 was written somewhere between 650 and 700 B.C. And yet, in these two chapters, chapter Isaiah 44 and Isaiah 45, written again between 650 and 700 B.C., speaks about King Kairos and calls him by name. But King Kairos wasn't born until 559 B.C., He lived between 559 B.C. and 530 B.C. Wow! A hundred years before he was born, this Holy Scripture calls him by name. Isn't that amazing? The book of Daniel, chapter 7 and chapter 8, records Daniel's dreams that he had. And in those dreams... He sees the Mede-Persian Empire. He sees the Greek Empire. He sees the Roman Empire. Now, when he sees these, you, you got to understand, the, and he even sees that the Roman Empire is going to divide East and West. But the Roman Empire is not going to divide East and West until 300 A.D. And so, hundreds of years before, he's writing biblical prophecy Daniel chapter 11 prophetically writes about Antiochus Epiphanes Daniel chapter 2 verses 40 to 42 was written around 600 B.C. so Daniel is writing in 600 B.C. He's writing about the Medes and Persians. He's writing about the Greek Empire. He's writing about the Roman Empire. He's writing about Antiochus Epiphanes. He's writing about that the Roman Empire is going to divide East and West. Now, Rome divided East and West, like I said, in 300 AD. This was written in 600 AD. We're talking at least 900 years before. He's writing history He's writing history before it happens and yet it happened exactly the way it's spoken about in the Holy Scripture. So we can trust the infallible inerrant word of Almighty God. This is God's holy word and it is inerrant and it is absolutely true. Now in the next study, you're going to discover how did we get this canon? How do we know this is the accurate canon and not the Gnostic writings? And how does it give an accurate revelation of Almighty God? That's our next study in our next video blog. God bless you. Thank you for studying with me.